This is URN Sport. University Radio Nottingham, that's a good station as well. URN, let them do a go well to finish, please. Can you stop editing the go well, please, at the end of their show? Cheers. Go well. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. URN. This. This. Is URN. Hello and welcome to the only cricket podcast that would have stopped it on the boundary. England have lost by the barest of margins in the first Ashes men's test match. An absolute heart-wrenching result for all England fans, but Aussie fans rejoiced. Now as ever, I'm joined by Toby Reynolds in Nottingham. Toby, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Looking forward to diving into what was a great test. And we've got Jemima back from a trip from Wales. I'm all good. How was Wales? Good week. Uh, amazing. Love Wales. Love Cardiff. It was brilliant. And very excitingly, we're joined again by Ashes legend, England legend, Monty Panasar. Monty, how are you? I'm delighted. I'm excited about our, you know, Ashes series together. And uh, gosh, what a test match it was. Well, one thing I really want to ask you straight off the bat, Monty, what was Josh Hazelwood feeling like in the final hour as those runs started to chase down as our resident number 11 expert? Yeah, he got it absolutely spot on, number 11 expert. (laughs) I think that's what I am. Average four, couldn't really bat, you know, for 12. Couldn't really bat, to be honest. Wasn't a great batsman. But you're very nervous at the time. You know, you can't stay still. You, you, In fact, what you want, you don't want to go out there and bat as a number 11. I know what Josh Hazelwood was feeling. He didn't want to be the guy to go out there to score the winning runs, you know. He wanted to stay there because a number 11, if he gets it wrong, then he feels like he's got he's let the team down. Mm. And if he does, doesn't go out to bat, he feels relieved. So he must have been absolutely delighted. You know, to see like Nathan Lyon, Pat Cummins, both of them sort of like, uh, you know, got Australia obviously over the line. But it would have been a completely different story if Ben Stokes held, held on to that catch off Nathan Lyon. Then Josh Hazelwood had to come out to bat and it could have been a different story altogether. We don't know what would happen. But yeah, as a number 11, you don't really want to go out to bat. You don't want to be the guy to win the match because the odds are so against you and you're so nervous. And, you know, the pressure of number 11 is, is much more ridiculous than a number 10. Because if a number 10 gets out, you know, I've got one more batter coming in. It can do, it can win the game. But if number number 11 gets one mistake wrong, that's it. You've let the whole team down. And that's why, as a number 11, that the pressure is massive. You've done yourself down a bit saying you can bat. Monty, you're by far the best batsman on this podcast. We will always remember Cardiff 2009. But as one of England's great bowlers of the past 20 years... What do you think went wrong for England on that final day? Well, look, I think Moinani was a big miss. You know, he got obviously, uh, you know, Travis head out. He bowled a magic ball. But I think that in between of bowling, Joe Root bringing in Moinani, you know, that, that if Ben Stokes had that option where he, in his mind he didn't have the doubt of, well, you know, uh, Moinani is fully fit. Yeah, I can get a couple of overs in from, uh, you know, Joe Root bringing Moinani, you know, swap and change from one end and get the seamers from the other. I, I reckon England probably would have gone over the line. But, you know, you've got to feel sorry for the guy because he hasn't, he's bowling and his mindset's conditioned for four overs only. You know, he in the IPL, he bowled 26 overs. That's probably in one day how many he bowled in the test match. So he wasn't, his fingers, his body, you know, mentally to be conditioned. You know, I think he did a fantastic job to, you know, not playing first-class cricket for two years and just jumping straight into it. But like Nathan Lyon said, you know, it's like an opera singer without the vocal cords in front of the royal family at the Royal Opera House and you can't sing properly. You know, it's just like that. You just don't want to, you want to hide in a corner, mm. you know, and you feel like the team down. But he hasn't. He's just, you know, he's helping England out because there's no spinners coming through the system. Mm. How big a miss do you think Jack Leach was? Do you think if England had Jack Leach, obviously, who's bowled a huge number of overs in Test cricket this last of year, 
under Stokes. Do you think England would have had a much better chance of winning this Test match? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, with Jack Leach, you know, coming round the wicket, over the wicket, like we saw with Nathan Lyon. So, like, Nathan Lyon put his self-ego, self-pride aside and said, right, this is the way England are going to play. I'm going to have deep fielders. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for England to make a mistake. You know, you look at Joe Root, he got stumped first time in his career. And, you know, first time in his illustrious career. And that was because in the England camp, they're telling him to go be positive, go out and just play your shots. You know, in the end, you kind of think to yourself, Jack Leach, how much was he be missed? Ben Stokes enjoyed getting the best out of Jack Leach. That was probably one of his favourite aspects of being a captain. And I think he desperately missed him because... He would have enjoyed trying to get Jack Lee to wicket by setting extravagant fields. And then, you know, he would have got him a wicket like that. So, yeah, he was hugely missed. Who will replace Maureen Ali for the Lord's Test, do you reckon? Well, I think Will Jacks is a is an honest replacement. I think Will Jacks is a guy who's a like-for-like replacement, bats really well, does, you know, in one-day cricket, does extremely well for Surrey. Um, you know, I saw him bowl against Kennedy. I think he took three for 28 in four overs. Lovely bowling, changes of pace is good. It's got a good trajectory. And that is, you know, when you say, well, if we want a like-for-like replacement, there we go with Will Jacks. But they may just stick with Joe Root. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Root bowled, I think, 20 or 22 overs for 48 runs. I think, no, 48, 58 runs. And he went at two and over. They may just think, you know what? Joe Root's doing a good job. We may not need a specialist spinner. You know, the specialist spinners coming through the system are probably not good enough to be better than Joe Root. If they want someone, the ball's turning away. Then maybe they go with Liam Dawson. You know, he's he's a guy that they talk about. They want a guy who can bat. You know, that's what they like. You know, when they want a specialist spinner, they want a specialist spinner who can bat a little bit as well. And so they've got a few options, but it all depends on the finger. <laughs> on this index finger. <laughs> if that gets healed in the next 10 days, then I think they'll stick, you know, stick with Mo and Ali. It's it's so interesting to see what could happen to Mo and Ali. On a sort of similar note, Johnny Bairstow had a tough time. Uh, behind the stumps with the gloves. I want to hear everyone's opinions on this. Will we see folks back in the team for the Lord's Test? We'll go to Monty first. Well, I will go with Johnny Bairstow's runs over his uh, you know, stumpings and dismissals. Let's be honest, you know, I know, yeah, you would have taken them, but over the course of the Test series, you would want, you want Johnny, you want Johnny Bairstow, the, uh, the run-making machine, the cricketer at number seven. He's just a bit more, you know, he has a bit more something to give. Like, I know everyone talks about Ben, folks, you know, England, do they need a specialist wicketkeeper at this given time with all the sort of dismissals that were missed? Hindsight was a great thing, but I think it was Ben Stokes' captaincy that always got Australia back in the door. Mm. If Ben Stokes was a bit more ruthless, then maybe they wouldn't have, Australia wouldn't have been in a position to win the game. Overall, I'm, I will go for the runs of Johnny Bairstow than the fine keeping of Ben, folks. Now, Toby has been very outspoken against Johnny Best <laughs> in the past. Toby, I'd love to hear your opinions on this. Who will be behind the gloves at the end of the series? I think I have to kind of agree with Monty. I think Besto will, barring any injuries, I think Besto will be keeping at the end of the series. I think the only chance folks has of getting back in is if one of the other top six either gets dropped or injured, allowing sort of Besto to maybe slide up one to bat at number five or six. Um, and folks can then come in as a keeper at seven. So say, I don't know, Ben, uh, ben Duckett or Zach Crawley get dropped and someone else open, comes, like Stokes goes to open or um, or they slide everyone up one in the order so Pope opens route at three, whatever it might be. I think that's the only chance folks really has of getting back in. And I think it is 
the classic Basball Ben Stokes kind of move to to stay positive and, and back Bairstow as well. Because I think you also can't uh, underestimate how much the sort of the form of keeping comes into it. Um, with Bairstow not having kept in sort of any sort of test match, any first class cricket for so so long and so consistently, he's obviously injured for a whole year. It will take time for him to come back into it. He kept a couple of times for Yorkshire at the beginning of the summer. Um, but before that and, and before the Ireland test match and, and this test match, he hadn't kept I'll play cricket even um in, in a year. So I think it will come come with it and, and you have to kind of wait and see how it goes. But if he keeps missing these stumpings, there will be a lot of talk about it. Maybe a lot a lot of people will be calling for, for Besto to go. However, I think if Besto can keep making runs, then I'm I'm happy for them to stick with him as well. Jemima, who would you go for for the next test? You're now England's main selector. Is it folks? Is it Besto? I'd probably keep it with Besto, mainly because as you said, like as uh, Toby said, you have to like stay positive. And I think that's the whole basketball kind of style to stay positive and like back their selecting. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Folks is a great wicketkeeper, but I don't know, Bairstow's the better batsman. And I feel like we need a batsman right. more than a uh, specialist. Monty, the declaration of basketball has been one of the major topics from day one of the test match. Toby's shaking his head. I'd love to hear your professional opinion on this. Was the declaration right or was it wrong? I think it was right for Brendan McCullough and Ben Stokes. You know, they they want to play entertaining cricket. They want to entertain the fans and they're achieving that. You know, whenever I'm in a pub or walking down the streets of London, meeting cricket fans, they, all they ask about is Ben Stokes' captaincy. Mm. You know, the declaration, the field positions, you know, the umbrella field setting of, you know, Ollie Robinson, the, the spinner, you know, just behind the bowler's arm. He's got a deep mid, mid-off, just, and you can see it. I, I never used to have that. So that's the kind of stuff people are talking about, which is great. Mm. Initially, it sounds great. Play entertaining cricket, be great. But if you play entertaining cricket and lose the ashes, is it really good? I think the English fans will get frustrated with that. They will think, no, 390, everyone's thinking, oh, Joe Root's going to get him to 450, close to 500, bat Australia out of the game. Australia completely, Australia can't win this game, only England can. Looking back at it now, I think Ben Stokes will probably continue to do that because that's his style of captaincy. But if it doesn't get the results, I think quickly the fans will will turn. Uh, Toby, the media has brought a lot of attention to this declaration. It's the second time England have declared and lost in three test matches. Will we ever see Ben Stokes declare again? I think he'll inevitably declare in the next match and the match after. No, I think no matter what, he's going to keep declaring. And I actually, it was obviously extremely positive and optimistic, although I was jokingly shaking my head earlier. I kind of agree with it. I think the bigger problem in the face was actually their second innings when they were batting. Um, no one really dug in and got runs. I think realistically, if England had batted on much longer in that first innings, they might have scored a few more runs. I think realistically, Robinson was going to get out at some point. Uh, Jimmy could have maybe scored a few more, but at most England get maybe another 20, 30 runs. Obviously, could have been useful to have and maybe would have changed the result at the end of the day. But they would have also lost a lot of time at the same at, during that as well. I mean, the way that the Australians counteracted, they had everyone on the boundary, allowing singles, fair enough. But it would have taken quite a few overs for England to really build up that lead because Root isn't going to go in there and hit six after six after six and just increase the rate significantly. Whereas I felt like by allowing um, themselves two goes at the new ball, um, sort of four or five overs before the close of the play, and then actually, what I think is quite interesting is the ball was 
uh, in my opinion, was, was best best off with the swing bowling and seam bowling, looked most dangerous with 10 to 15 overs in. So they almost allowed themselves five overs before the close of play, then five overs with brand new batsmen. And then the ball actually got towards its peak and, and started to move around a lot more when Warner managed to get out, when he got Labuschagne first ball. Um, and arguably, you could say the declaration the night before maybe led to that as it sort of brought the, the sort of the most dangerous part of, of the sort of the new ball a bit closer towards the start of play and therefore the batsmen weren't in at the time. Mm. And one thing that has been really so present throughout this first match is the actual excitement of the public, the excitement of the fans going to games. I got swept up into it and bought myself quite an expensive third day ticket, did regret it with the rain. Jemima, how have you enjoyed it? How have you enjoyed the baseball style? Do you think this could capture the public's imagination? Oh, 100%. Like, it's just such a different way to think about cricket now, I feel. Like, it's been, you know, the same way for so many years. And I feel like basketball's really just changing the game. And it's just making test cricket a bit more interesting. And I'm not saying I hated test cricket before, because I obviously love test cricket. But, you know, for public and people that aren't as dedicated fans, like it's just going to be way more interesting for them. And I I feel like it's really just getting public involved. And they're, I mean, they were missing out before, but it's, you know, getting them into the game, watching cricket. That's mainly the best thing, really. Monty, I want to hear your uh, thoughts on this. We've been very negative on England, but Australia did play quite well. Who would be your man of the match? Would it be Kawaja? Well, I, I, I probably, uh, yeah, I, I think Kawaja makes sense. You know, the way he batted. I probably would have gone for Nathan Lyon, to be honest. I think under pressure, the way he batted there and, and his bowling, you know, the second innings, he took eight for 229 and um, he was brilliant. You know, he the way to see him, you know, probably get 500, 500 test wicket at Lords. With Kawaja, after he gets 100, the third day, maybe it was. He batted quite slowly, and uh, Pat Cummins and the tail was batting with him. And I felt like he could have pushed it a little bit. But then again, you look at him, he's an unflappable character. He sort of like got the team, Australia team, in a position to win. Because if he got out early, then I think, yeah, Australia would have lost. So, you know, when, he, when I'm being a bit biased towards the spinner, probably am because I'm a spinner myself. Um, uh, I probably, yeah, look, I think Isman Khan is the right person for it. But I just love watching Nathan Lyon because I miss, obviously, playing cricket for England. And I think, wow, I wish if I was in a similar situation, yeah, that's exactly how I would react. Wait for England to make the mistakes and just have builders in the deep. It's lovely to hear you still want to play for England, Monty. Is there any chance, has Brendan McCullum texted you yet? If Mo and Ali can't play, are you going to get back in? Well, I've been looking at my phone all night. <laughs> and uh, I haven't got that. I've got Rob Q on speed dial. So hopefully, you know, he'll just like message me and say, look, Monty, ashes, question mark. And I'll say, yes, please. I won't even laugh. I won't say LOL. I'll go, yes, please. I'm, I'm there. Well, we'd love to have you back on the Lord's turf. And let's focus a little bit on Lord's now. Predictions for the next test match. Monty, who's going to win and who's going to stand out? Well, I think for me... Um, it depends how England played this one. If they played the same situation like they have done, where they're like, you know, always letting Australia back in the game. You know, they let them back in the game with the declaration. Then they let them back in the game with the batting that they did. They were, they were on top. You know, they could have just knocked it around, dropped down a gear and then went, you know, sixth gear later on. They kept on going all the time. And Brendan McCullough now saying, oh, I want England to go even harder. That... I hope they don't fall into the trap of becoming entertainers and um, the Ashes become like an exhibition for this England side because they're so consumed in becoming the entertainers of Test cricket and not worrying about the result. You know, they're more interested in the talking points of, oh, wow, they've declared, oh, look at the build setting, oh, look at the look what they're doing now. 
while Australia just react to their entertaining sort of element of cricket and then end up winning again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think if anything, if they I think Australia have have warmed up. They played that warm-up game against India, so they were much more ready. And I think England were probably warming up mm. in this test match. So I think at Lords, if anything, if England can not make the same mistakes like they have done. You know, any given time where they try to bring Australia back in the game, they just put their foot on it. If they keep going hard and it goes against them and they say, guys, this is the way we play and they lose again, then I think there'll be huge question marks over, guys, are you taking the Ashes seriously? Or is this just become a bit of a entertainment factor and a mockery of guys that you know we're just trying to entertain the fans it doesn't matter if we win or lose and they've openly said it they said if we entertain the fans and lose the test match we don't mind i just hope that's not the case in that camp i hope they sort of think guys you know let's entertain it but let's find a way of winning as well Mm. There's sort of parallels between Kevin Keegan's entertaining uh, Newcastle side I'm seeing, just going for it, going for it, going for it and not <laughs> be focusing on the defence. Toby, predictions for Lords. Can England make it 1-1 or will Australia double their lead? I think they definitely can draw back very easily. They they played well, I thought, England. But looking back at last summer, there's another gear, another couple of gears they could easily go to. I think there's a couple key questions, really. The first one is the selection at Lords. Will they get it right? Will Moeen play? Will Will Jacks play? They might even look to go to four seamers, as sort of Monty was saying earlier, and use Root as a spinner. And I think if they can get their selection right, maybe they'd probably need a bit Mark Wood or someone with a bit more pace in. Um, Josh Tung even, maybe. Um, so I think maybe how they affect that bowling attack could, could affect the game. And I think also whether they can find that next gear. They can up the ante. They obviously batted at four, four and a half and over very comfortably. However, Australia didn't seem out of the game at any point, although England were knocking it around for singles very very easily. It didn't. It felt like that was exactly what Australia wanted, had men on the boundary, early doors. Um, and although Crawley crunched one through the covers first ball, absolute beauty of a shot. After that, they kept picking out the mat and the deep point, deep square leg. And it was kind of exactly the the perfect plan, I felt like, from Pat Cummins. And they'd obviously, for, for the last few months, try to work out what's the best way to try and stop this England team. And it is to limit the boundaries because that's exactly what they want. You look at the sort of the lineup England have, all of their top seven, top eight even with Mo and Ali, are boundary hitters. They want to try and score runs. Root and Pope, obviously, happy to nerdle it around, rotate the strike a bit more. But the others, all sort of big T20 players, want to try and strike the ball um, hit gaps and and score boundaries quickly and easily. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of parallels between Cummins's field placement and how Vaughan placed some of his fielders for the opening batsman for Australia in 2005, having a deep point. It feels like they're trying to contain England and it's worked so far. Well, that pretty much wraps up, but there is something quite exciting going on in Nottingham. Both Jemima and Toby are going to the Women's Ashes in Trent Bridge. We'll have a full review of that later in the week. Jemima, how excited are you for a full test match at Trent Bridge? I'm so excited. I mean, I love Trent Bridge as a ground anyway, and it's just, I think the selection for the women's team is really good as well. So I think it's going to be a good test match, I think. It started off well. I personally think it started off well, but, you know, see how it goes. You need to look after Toby at Trent Bridge because we know what he gets like with during a full date of cricket. Monty, thank you so much for coming on. Jemima and Toby, also, thank you so much. This has been Sticky Wickets and we end it, as always, with a big go well. And Toby says, cheers. This is URN Sport. 
but University Radio Nottingham, that's a good station as well, URN. Let them do a go well to finish, please. Can you stop editing the go well, please, at the end of their show? Cheers. Go well. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. This. 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 Is URN.